Hey, After Buzzers, before we move on to your next topic, we just want to say thanks to our sponsor, Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. Plus, there are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Also, Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. Plus, you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership, and it's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to Anchor FM to get started. Presented by AfterBuzz TV and hosted by Hall of Fame superstar Sean X-Pac Waltman, this is X-Pac 12360. And now your host, WWE Hall of Fame superstar Sean X-Pac Waltman. Welcome to X-Pac 12360. Yeah. <laughs> hey. Hey, Denise. Hey. I'm glad to be back this weekend. Although nice. you guys killed it last time. Yeah. You guys had great chemistry. Good you job. liked it? Yeah, Tattoo. I did. Thanks. I did. It was fun. Thanks. All right. Well, uh, we're a day late getting the show done because I got back, you know, uh, yesterday, I don't know, about 10. Yeah? Yeah. And uh, I would have came right here, actually. I know. You were ready to. Yeah. You were ready to reroute straight to the studio. Yeah. I was like, eh, if you guys are ready. <laughs> you know? uh, but I, I didn't know how, Yeah, but I didn't know. I didn't know how, you know. Yeah, totally. And then last week when I didn't even really know what time my flight was getting back, uh, you know. Oh, right. Back home last week when we finished the show. So. Sure. Anyways. So how was yeah. it? How was Rory Unin? Oh, I mean, it was Okay, it was it was a really as far as the reunion part mm. and a lot of that is just the reunion of everyone getting together. Of course. Behind the scenes. Like, okay. It's funny uh this was as soon as I walk in the hotel. And by the way, Tampa is my hometown, right? Mm-hmm. St. Pete, Tampa. You know, I'm I'm built from Minneapolis, but I grew up in St. Pete, Tampa, and I okay. was born in St. Petersburg. Um, do who cares? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I never knew that. Uh, but anyway, so I um, oh Jesus, what? Oh, so I uh, I don't even know why that why I mentioned that part, mm-hmm. but I did. Uh, so, anyways, the. Driver picks me up to the airport, brings me to the hotel, and you know I check in, and I'm just kind of tiptoeing by the bar, and all of a sudden I hear, a, "Sean Waltman, you're the only one around here that's been to rehab more times than me. <laughs> Get in here, have a drink with us." Woo! I'm like, "Oh shit!" <laughs> and I look over, there's Nate, there's uh, uh, Steve Austin, Godfather, Ricky Steamboat, uh, Medusa. Um, it was, anyways, it was a hell of a crew in oh there <laughs> and they were having a great time and, and I really missed out. Right. But I was just like, I just got off the plane, you know, um, coast to coast and, um, you know, even though I don't drink, I still would have been great to hang out with them. Of but, course. Yeah. You know, I never came back down and. You know, next day, Austin's like, hey, man, what the fuck you Kate Fabus for? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Anyways. I was going to say, talk about being late to the party, but then you just yeah. decided not to come down yeah. at all. I can't <laughs> even imagine that. I feel like everybody would be like, what? Like, this is happening down yeah. here in my hotel lobby. I'm going to be there. Yeah. Well, anyways, I saw, like, Scott Scott came up to the room, and we just had, you know, shot the shit and sat nice. on the balcony and, you know, did our things that we do and yeah, sure. uh, <laughs> uh yeah so it was it was to answer your question ty mm. it was it was excellent it was a great time Good. and uh you know a, a lot of people didn't think you know the actual raw reunion part was and there were some parts about that weren't ideal obviously sure. we'll get into mm. but and uh, and also a little bit later on, i don't know if i mentioned this well i know i didn't mention it and scott all be joining us there we go. He's going to call in. and or are we going to call him one or the other? <laughs> we'll talk to him somehow. Yeah. yeah. He'll be in the middle of grocery shopping, but <laughs> he has time. So, we should put right. that in the headline, grocery shopping with Scott yeah. Hall. Shopping with Scott. There you go. <laughs> no, no big deal. <laughs> uh, and we're going to talk to Scott because uh, not just about the Raw reunion, but, um, you know, I kind of want to get into, um, you know, his week at the PC mm-hmm. before before the reunion. Like, he was there. Performance center, sure. And, uh, teaching the big man class. Nice. There you go. So nice. yeah, we're gonna talk to him a little bit. But all right. In fact, yes. Yeah, speaking of big big men, didn't NXT just debut a seven foot guy that's seven foot three? Yeah. Unreal. Yeah. Absolutely unreal. Those pictures are insane. Yeah. Oh crap. What's his name again? 
Oh, shit. I know he's with Stokely Hathaway. I know yeah. that. Or the former Stokely Hathaway. Super good guy. Yeah. Super sweet guy. Like, a matter of fact, it's like, we got to tell him, hey, man, can you look mean? Like, <laughs> right. Can you be scary? Like, right. too... Is it uh, Jordan Omagbegin? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Omag. I'm not saying that yeah. probably quite right. Omagbehan, I think, is yeah. what I said. You got it, yeah. So, anyways, yeah. Nice. Big old giant. <laughs> So, hey, so what's going on, Denise? All right, let's go ahead and get into the news. All right, so we finally have the questions, I mean, the answers to the questions we've been asking about AEW and their deal with (laughs) TNT. So they just announced, actually, before we went on air today, here's all the information we know about their show. All right, so they are going to be airing on Wednesdays. As of October 2nd. So October 2nd, two days before SmackDown starts up on on Fox on October 4th. So two days prior is on Wednesdays. The first episode is going to be taking place at the Capital One Arena in Washington, D.C. Ticket sales for this will be announced on July 29th on social media. And they also said that they're going to be having two-hour weekly series shows, 8 to 10 p.m. Eastern Time. So now we know the time slot of that. But here we go. Here is the name for their show. Their show is going to be called Wednesday Night Dynamite. And, Didn't um, we kind of have an idea that might be the name of it? I had, well, we had the idea the of the... Night of the Dynamite. They had like, the, filed um, some, yeah. some paperwork Something for Night it. Dynamite. Was, yeah. The was, trademarks. Yeah. That, yeah. And that was earlier on, like, yeah. even before, like, a lot of their st- shows started happening. We already had, like, some trademarks for names and right. stuff like that. Um, but basically, they're going to be having shows in different cities every week, nationwide. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, pretty exciting news. What yeah. are your thoughts? Great for wrestling. Right, exactly, yeah. Uh yeah, I'm just I'm really, really looking forward to see what uh, what they have to offer and mm-hmm. what a two hour AEW television show live, right? Right, going to look like right. So now, what do you think that they have to do to make sure and because obviously the first show people are going to tune in no matter what because yeah. of curiosity, you name it. So their ratings are going to be there, especially yeah. for the first show or maybe even the first few shows. But what do you think that AEW has to do in order to keep the fans like really interested in what it is that they're doing? Because you know people have said like, oh, whether or not they're going to be a competition to WWE is really going to be put to testaments once they actually start doing weekly shows. Yeah, uh, and who was it? Oh crap! It was somebody was even talking about. Yeah, okay. There's a big buzz now, and shows are selling out. At, you know, in thirty minutes or even thirty seconds mm-hmm. or whatever. But you know, that's right now, right? You know, and this is someone like. Damn it! Was it Jericho? It might have been Jericho. Um. Um. But he said, you know, that's because, you know, there's a big buzz right now. And, like, once everything comes out, it's not going to be, like, a bunch of sure 30-minute sellouts. Yeah, we're still in the honeymoon phase, yeah. kind of. But the real test will be, you know, yeah. 6, 12, 18 months down the road. Yeah, and um, and that. So, I don't know. I, I just, I, I think it's important that... I'm, I imagine they're going to establish like characters and storylines, right? Kind sure. of like they do in a pilot and TV I think, show. Yeah, they've, they've they've got a good head start with the the pay per view events that they've done so far, and, and so, that's fine for their for their base of sure. fans. But we need more than you exactly. Know, our base, yeah, so. I, I think some of the kind of like the the lesser known guys will be will be spotlighted on the weekly show, and so we'll kind of we'll see sort of the the mid card to lower card sort of fleshed out. Um, we know, obviously, we know their their major names, all that stuff. We've seen a lot of those. What's really interesting to me, and what'll really be the test, is how their lower card is fleshed out. Mm, yeah, yeah. And because it's it, when you've got a full roster, it's it's tough to balance everything out, no matter what, you know, and make sure nobody gets overlooked or underused or you know anything like that. Do we think that they? I mean, how big is their roster now? By the way. Do we I know? don't think. Well, I don't. I don't know the exact number, but I was actually going to ask you if you thought that their roster had much depth to it because I still kind of feel like you know they have some. They have some incredible talent. You know, they have Darby, Darby Allen. They have Luchasaurus. They have Jungle Boy. I'm trying to like, you mm-hmm. know, they have a lot of young guys that yeah. you know have been getting over at the shows. MJF, you name them, different different people. But I almost still feel like there needs to be more to sort of, uh, you know, get people, especially people that are maybe not. 
casual are not wrestling fans or maybe yeah. just casual wrestling fans or maybe are just going to be like, oh, there's wrestling on TNT. Let mm-hmm. me watch it. You know, so sort of to gravitate towards that mainstream audience as well because you yeah. know you're going to need those people that sort of pull the mainstream audience. So you're going to need those people with those really star powers, star yeah. personas. Well, that so they got you know they got Moxley and uh, and Jericho and Kenny. Uh, yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. but I'm talking about okay. I'm talking about people the mainstream are aware of. Right, right. Right. And they're not really. I mean, Kenny's a big star, but not like to the casual people that are just kind of like, you know, peripheral sure. wrestling fans. Right. Which it's important to grab those people. Of course, yeah. And uh, and that. But um, just Jericho sure. and Moxley. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, unless I'm forgetting anyone, which I don't think mm-hmm. I am. But, but I think. I well, think no, that... we got Cody and Dustin. And I mean, mm-hmm. they're names that people know. And, right. And I think and that, that. that's that's the challenge that they face in front of them mm-hmm. is making those names that aren't mainstream into mainstream names now that they've got this coverage on TNT. You know, people that are just flipping through the channels yeah. and will stick around next week for like, oh, shit, I hope I see this guy again, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, I'm, I'm just, yeah. Uh, I'm really curious to see how different AEW TV is going to be uh, from you know, WWE shows. Right. Especially that have a certain feel to them. You exactly. Know? And especially considering it'll be on the same night as NXT, it'll basically, for all intents and purposes, be going head to head with NXT. Yeah. Um, so I think they've said that they want their show to be a straightforward wrestling show. Now, yeah. from the shows that we've seen, their their pay per view shows, we've seen that obviously they, they put on a straightforward wrestling show, but they also add a lot of different like segments and quirks and stuff yeah. like that. So now my thing is, are they going to be more like a like a New Japan where it's like match, 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 and or everything... are they going to be like a little mixture of both? Mm. We'll see. I, I I wonder how much backstage segment type stuff they're right. going to do or you know or is everything going to be in front of the people right exactly you know, like all the interviews or you know because that's a different like there's way different different uh you know mindsets when it comes to because uh, i know like i know some wrestling i know on like an independent level and, and that like there's some that like to keep everything you know done in front of the people right um, I don't know if that really matters. It just—it's tough. I think I think it'll be a decent mix. I think I think what they what they to me what they most likely mean is just an enhanced focus on the wrestling. Yeah. So not necessarily no backstage stuff or promos, but probably a limited amount. You know, less than what I we're think used we're going to gonna see a lot of a lot of excuse me, <laughs> a lot of character. You know, you know, inter, introduction of. Of characters, yeah. too, you know. Um, go ahead. Oh, what? Well, so you just reminded me of something when you said NXT, because mm-hmm. it hasn't been confirmed. It's just a theory right now that they might be running on FS1, correct? Uh, on yeah. Wednesdays. So now, yeah, I'm not going to comment so, on that. But let's just say that that does happen. No matter what, that will be taking a chunk of the audience against AEW. That's sure. For well, sure. I, I think either way, it'll be taking a chunk because even if it's just on the network, a lot of people will tune in. You know, right when it's kind of first airing, and it'll take it'll take away from the from the live viewing audience. But people, you know, man, exactly. People 29, are watch everything. Yeah, it's twenty nineteen. Yeah, that's what are they going to watch live? Right, right. What are they going to watch first? Yeah, mm-hmm. live. Absolutely. All right. Well, one of the things that we should also throw in as well, now that we're talking about this right now, is that CM Punk has been announced as a headliner for StarCast on August 31st. Now, we all know that CM Punk has been getting different uh, offers from different realms of the entertainment world to do this, to do that. He's even talked about this with Ariel Hawani about how he got like all these crazy offers when he first left WWE. And people have been sort of waiting and wanting to see what he's going to do next. And so this announcement of him being at StarCast is raising a lot of questions as to whether or not this is any sort of uh, signal that he's going to be coming to AEW, etc. Should he be coming to AEW? But all I know is that he is going to be having a one-on-one interview, and he is also going to be having a meet-and-greet the same day with the fans. And one of the things Conrad said is that he's just always wanted to have CM Punk on at his part of his convention. Well, that's a hell of a score for for StarCast. Absolutely. And it's something, I mean, I was surprised that he wasn't there last, you know, Mm -hmm. the first one. Actually, right. and um, actually, I don't know if I was surprised, but I will be surprised if he doesn't show up in AEW. Really? Absolutely. Mm. And I've said this. I mean, you know, you, you do the show with me, and I mean, you're, 
you know, sure. your more recent right. uh, addition to the show. But, I mean, I've been saying this since since they announced AEW. Mm-hmm. But do you think this is the timing? Like, right now, if CM Punk is going to go to AEW, and let's say they're in the works and talks like that, do you think it would be smart for them to, like, do it, like, now that they're going into this big, you know, they're all about to make their TV debut on TNT October 2nd? I don't know. I I wouldn't wait. I wouldn't be surprised if he shows up on the very first right um you know the very first show that would be yeah, yeah. it's it'll definitely be a pivotal moment if it happens within the first you know month or two something like that um whether that happens remains to be seen but god yeah if that happened on episode 1 that's that's a game changer yeah, for real. Mm. I mean, I, know I can just imagine, like, because even though, like, we see it as a possibility and, you know, maybe, like, okay, like, we see that it might happen, et cetera, I think that the fact that if it does happen, it's still going to be like, oh, man, like, oh, this mm. is real. Right, Things right. And, and talk about something that'll get mainstream eyes on it, you know? I think that'll that'll definitely do it if that if that's what's end, what ends up happening. All right. Okay. Uh, moving on, this our last tidbit of news is that Ring of Honor and the NWA have parted relationships. As we know, they've been sort of working together. Nick Aldis has been doing matches, commentary. Uh, Lugano was doing the YouTube channel, different stuff like that. So apparently, um, according to PW Insider, Nick Aldis is no longer on the August 9 ROH Summer uh, Supercard show, and they have officially parted relationships. Everything's yeah. apparently on good terms, that sort of thing. And uh, Billy Cor- Morgan also told PW Insider, or according to PW Insider, that he intends to put his energy towards producing a weekly standalone NWA series after his Smashing Pumpkins tour is over. When is it over? I do not know. I should check that. But mm. after the Smashing Pumpkins tour is over, but I feel like to me, like it was kind of interesting that, you know, obviously that's, you know, his where his fame came from, that sort of thing. But it almost like makes you think, like, is it like. Is it a back burner thing? Like when is that going to really like? Kick I don't off? think so. I don't think so at all. It's just you know, it's not his bread and butter. NWA, mm-hmm. you know, I he he's committed to this, and and that, but he's got a Smashing Pumpkins tour that you know, um, it's a lot that goes into. Absolutely, yeah. They're, Being in the middle of a tour like that, right? You know? Yeah, it's not, totally understandable. Yeah, wrestling sometimes isn't the most important thing. Right. I mean, I know <laughs> this is a wrestling show, but yeah. there's more to fucking life than wrestling. Because I think people would be saying the the exact same thing if it were if it were opposite. If he was like, "Yeah, we'll get the Smashing Pumpkins together for a tour after I do this wrestling yeah. show," and I'd be like, "What the hell?" Uh, the music fans yeah. would be like, I, "What?" Yeah. I'd be honest. I I I think that. Um. I think ROH benefited greatly from having uh, the NWA relationship. Mm. They might not have thought so, but I sure did. Right, and and Lagana, as as far as Dave Lagana goes, does awesome like video content as well. Yeah. Like uh, the the series that they they create, the episodes that they create Three are absolutely gold. They're so awesome. I'm yeah. curious to see what they're going to do with um, you know, with Eli Drake because uh, fan of his, that uh, right. he would have been my pick for NWA champion. One hundred, he was right up there. Right, you know, there was a couple guys, and Nick was one of them too. Yeah, and, and I'm you know, I'm interested. Yeah, he's got a little program going on with James Storm for the national title yeah. right now. That's I yeah, like. Who's the baby face in that? Right, right, right. What right. the fuck? <laughs> right. Seriously? Yeah, no, I'm trying I'm to figure you. that out because I mean, you know, James is kind of like a pull, you know, sure, but he's not, you know, your uh, conventional baby face by any right. Means. They're both that kind of baby face where they try, they have that edge, you know. Um, so it's, it's tough. Yeah, it's tough to say, but Eli Drake definitely is, is, uh, I'm a big fan of his and he's one of my favorite promo guys just in, yeah, in the business right now. Yep. Uh, so yeah, yeah, lots happening on the NWA front. What else? All right. Well, that's pretty much it for our new stuff. Do you want to go into our break? Uh, yeah, sure. All right. We'll go to break. We'll come back. Welcome back everybody. And uh, joining us on the phone right now from the ATL. That's what they say these days, the ATL. There we go. Otherwise known as Atlanta. Scott Hall. Hey, Scott. Hey, yo. Hey, yo. Hey, Bundy. How you doing? Good, man. Hey, uh, um, it's been a while. (laughs) Yeah, it's been a while. A couple days. Uh, Hey, man, did you have fun burying the younger talent the other night? I know I did. Well, I mean, yeah. (laughs) I mean, we're, we're the clerk. They have to 
dig something, dust us off, go out and bury their top guys right. these days. Oh, shit. Yeah, let's go, let's go hold the club down. Screw mm. it. Hey, hey, so how do you feel about that? Because, I, like, I mean, I don't know. It kind of felt like it was a bit of a burial on those guys. Well, what people don't realize is everybody in that room, when it was presented to us, said, well, gee, like, kind of burying those guys. Right. And, and it was it was addressed, and it was overruled. And we said, yeah, but that's okay. Right. So, well, I, yeah, so, I mean, it's not like we didn't really, like, I mean, we, we've had it. And mm-hmm. it's just like, what are we going to do? Say, no, we're not going to do it? Right. Yeah. Yeah, by that time, I mean, gosh, I just wanted to go on early and be out there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that, it, it, and then they stick, they, you know, ah, oh, by the way, you guys are in the last segment, too. Oh, where you boy. Go out and st- stand out there with the rest yeah, of the 40 legends. My favorite, my favorite part of the whole experience was sitting in what they called the Legends Lounge and just hearing guys talk and laugh. And I, I feel that the wrestling business today is so politically correct that even when the performers talk to each other, they're real guarded with what they say and stuff like that. But in the Legends Lounge, it's a bunch of old-timers like us that came up in a different era when you could talk to the guy using colorful language. And it didn't mean you didn't like him. It's just how guys communicate. Yeah. And it's really fun to hear. Oh, my gosh. That's a blast. Hey, how fun was it to see Nate, Nate in the Legends Lounge like on a speed dial calling Lawrence Taylor going, hey, here's Ron Simmons and <laughs> connecting, oh, connecting Lawrence Taylor and Ron Simmons and... Just, you know, I mean. <laughs> Derek Brooks, NFL Hall of Famer, was Nation's guest at the show because yeah. he's a Tampa resident. He had Lawrence Taylor on the phone. Then he had Herschel Walker on the phone. And then he brought, <laughs> and then, like, you you probably don't know who he is, but he brought Bad Bunny back into the, into the locker room or into the Legends I Lounge. Shook hands, I shook hands with some kid with the pink mohawk. Yeah. I guess he's a famous rapper. Yeah. Not my not my era, you know. But yeah, welcome to the show. I mean, if you're with Nate, you're you're cool. Yeah. So what you're saying is that we should, we definitely missed out in the Legends Lounge. That's what <laughs> oh, we, that's, that's where the fun was happening. I said repeatedly, young lady. I think they should have had a camera in there. Right. Yes. <laughs> you, know, you, you can always edit it out, but there was just so much laughing and stuff. And hmm. I tell you, being around Rick Flair these days, it's always been enjoyable. But these last few days, and, you know, I'm not putting words in his mouth, but just my take on it, since he's had that major health scare, he looks at life differently now. And it's not like he didn't enjoy life before, but he is completely cool with the point that it might end tomorrow, so I'm going to enjoy every moment of every day. And when you're around somebody like that, it's kind of fun. It's, yeah, it's it's contagious. Like it's, it's hard not to laugh and have a big, huge smile on your face when you're around that guy these days. He's always laughing. I mean, you know, he he'll, like we talked about, he'll be telling a story, and because in his mind he knows the punchline, yeah. he starts <laughs> laughing before he's done. <laughs> and you and can't help but laugh with him. We all just them. laugh because he's so entertaining. Yeah. We just want to see Rick mm. happy. I was telling I was telling everybody before you came on, like I'm trying to sneak through the lobby to go up to my room, and all of a sudden I hear, Sean Waltman, you've been to rehab more times than me. Get in here. woo you know, I, yeah. I just, I didn't have it no. in me, man. <laughs> I remember, I remember when after we we connected and we were going to go get something to eat and we went down the elevator and the bar was to the left and there was Rick and Steve Austin and everybody and we went, I remember getting the phone going, Siri, sushi near me. And yeah. We, we left the hotel and went to retreat at a nearby sushi bar. Hey, Scott, like speaking of that, hey, so, I mean, well, not speaking of that, but, man, you you really uh, you really look great these days, man. You sound great, and uh, and uh, and um, I'm, I'm, that makes me so happy, man. Because I love you very much. Well, thanks, buddy. For me, you know, like I just finally realized that you know I'm allergic to alcohol. I mean, every time I drink, I break out in handcuffs. <laughs> 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 no, it's just no. I mean, like you know, like we talked about, like God, when I see that, you know, when some of my buddies are over there, Rick Flair's over there, Stone Cold's over there, all all my friends from the past are over there drinking, and it sometimes it you know it drives me crazy. I'm going, why can't I go over there and just have three or four? Mm-hmm. But I don't want to have three or four. I want to have twenty, and I want to close the bar. And then I want to go to an after club, and you know, so 
I just realized, like, just just stay away from it completely. I think yeah. me and you on your balcony solved all the wrestling problems. It was. <laughs> I think hey. we booked. I think we booked the WWE for the next five years. <laughs> we did. Man, watching, we watching did. boats go by on the river. And I was telling these guys, hey, that was, hey, that um, that time we spent on on my balcony. I cherished that, man. That was, that was a great time. Yeah, it was perfect. Yeah, yeah, it was it was great. And, and, yeah, and the thing is, yeah, go ahead. Sorry, sorry. No, I mean, as I get older, you know, I just turned sixty a while back. You start to realize, like Rick is realizing, like you know, you know, I I've got a bunch of bumps and bruises. I think we've all got some brain damage, you know. But if you ask me, would I do it all over? Heck, yes, I would. Mm-hmm. Knowing what I know, I'd still do it over. It it was a great ride, and it's fun. I mean. When you look at that list of legends that was there at Raw, I mean, look at all the guys who or who weren't there. So many guys from our era are dead. You know, it yeah. feels like feels like sometimes we got to keep going for those guys, to keep their memory alive. But, you know, we tell stories about them, and they're still they're still part of our industry. Yeah. Hey, so um, Scott, I wanted to, I wanted to talk about your time at the PC before you know, like leading up to the. Uh, to the Raw reunion, because you were there for, what, a week? Yeah, it was great. I was actually in Orlando about eight or nine days, because I went in early. Yeah. But I um, I, I spoke to Triple H in the past about, you know, let, you know who's training the big guys. Yeah. So we had kind of a mini, mini big guys summit, you know, where I got to watch films with the, you know, the bigger guys and then have one-on-ones with some of them and, you know, even get in the ring and, talk about their different move sets and what they got and stuff and man i'll tell you i went i saw this new kid they have down there jordan we were just talking about him big kid like seven four about 440 just a monster and he had i was there for his debut match and i got to produce it and it was just that connection you know how it is when you connect with a guy and when he doesn't know anything and you teach him something yeah and they come back to the curtain and then you You've, you have a relationship with that person for the rest of their career. Yeah. Kind of like so when you go out there and rock it with somebody in the ring. Yeah, even if you never have lunch together, you never travel together, but you can point across the locker and go, I'll work with them. Mm-hmm. Now, yeah, I mean, I we, we all realized years ago, it's, it's not show friends, it's show business. Yeah, We all don't have to get along. We have to do business together. Hey, Scott. And the thing is, oh, sorry. Kid, I'm sorry. No, go, go ahead. ahead. Keep going. I'm fucking, you know me. Sorry. Go ahead. I'm just going to say that kid Jordan, he's such a big guy, but he's so, you know, he's young and he's got a big smile on his face. And I was talking to some of the other coaches going, God, this guy just doesn't have enough prick in him. Yeah. You know, I can, well, I can loan him some. And, <laughs> no um, <shit. laughs> boy, when, but when, you know, when I told him, I said, let me see your mean face. And he just squinted his eyes a little bit and quit smiling. And I went, Ooh, yeah. Like, yeah. You know, he's he's going to be money. And I, and I love the way the, all you know, the camaraderie that comes in our business and, and, and all locker rooms, I guess. But everybody's, you know, I, I kind of talked to the guys whose job it was to highlight Jordan. And I said, hey, man, like, you guys are really pros. You're putting this guy over. Hey, in the future, he's going to sell out arenas and the whole company's going to make money. And you guys are the start of it. You know, blah, blah, blah. Nah, I had my yeah, I had my pom poms out. I was cheerleading. I was doing <laughs> hey, so on the big man class, like, um, hey, do, do do does the big man still work the same as he did in our heyday? Well, you know, like like I went through, like Big Kev went through. These guys are at the point, and I don't want to work with the top guys. I'm trying to get the guys coming in the door. You know, so. Everybody goes through that thing. Well, I'm not just a big man. I can come off the top right. and I can leapfrog and I can do that. And I went through it, so I acknowledge it. But then I try to point out to these guys, okay, you, you don't do it that good and nobody wants to see you do it. Mm. But it, I try to be kind about it because everybody wants to do it anyway. I like them to do it. We film it, then come back and look at it and go, now what do you think? Mm. Hey, so, hey, I, I think I remember you telling me back in WCW when Kev was there, when you both were there, Kev was doing leapfrogs and shit. Oh, yeah. Brother, he did it. <laughs> it was, I had Walter Payton in my corner at SummerSlam. We opened the United Center in Chicago. So, 
me with Walter in my corner versus Diesel with Shawn Michaels in his corner. And Kev insisted on leapfrogging me then. Yeah. <laughs> and I remember I I was so mad about it, you know, and we were all riding together. I was so mad about it, but I finally like, okay, let's do it. <laughs> and then, you know, that was, it was the first is the first and last time you'll ever see Kevin yeah. Nash do that. <laughs> hey, but you know what he did do that was really good? That flying shoulder tackle in that in that tag match we had on uh on action zone. Well that's what he did. He yeah. did leapfrog flying shoulder, but then he stood there on his knees like so proud of himself, and I'm doing the Shawn Michaels, I'm laying there screaming, Cover me. Cover me. <laughs> you know, I mean if yeah. I'm gonna take the bump, at least cover me. Yeah. Hey, so do you teach Jordan different than you teach just your average big guy? I mean, Giant is different than big guy, right? Well, the thing is, uh, kid, he's not really a giant. He's really huge, but I don't see any of that giantism, you know, that trait. Yeah. I think he's just a big I think he's just, just kind of like Kev, but bigger. He's just a big guy. So he's but not. Yeah, and the thing is, too, I was giving him some of Kev's moves. Yeah. I gave him the big boot stretcher in the corner, you know, when. Yeah. So would you said, hey, do you see him doing... do you see him working more like Kev than you do say Big Show? Um, I'd like to try to blend the two. Mm-hmm. He's not, you know, I don't want to criticize the guy, but Big Show's a fucking crazy strong. Yeah, you know, because of that giantism, and it, and this is just a big guy. Like when you have long arms and stuff, it's hard to lift guys over your head and press yeah. them. It's just that extra distance. And I don't think he's ever touched a weight before. Maybe you know, not. he's all new to this conditioning and stuff. But he, bro, he's he's. I remember you told me Matt Riddle. You sent me the picture when you were down there. Said he's yeah. your draft pick. Yeah. Oh, I'm drafting Jordan. Oh, I'm okay. Drafting Jordan. That makes so we'll sense. We'll see how it shakes out in a few years. Yeah. And so you were also that talking. Riddle is funny. Oh, Riddle. That yeah. Riddle is so. Oh, he's so money. Hey, talk to me about your interaction with him, if you don't mind. Well, <laughs> now, you know, a lot was going on at the PC that week. Um, you know, Matt Bloom, the head coach, and some of the staff, they were in Shanghai in China for, you know, international tryouts. Yeah. It was like, so skeleton crew there, I sat in one skull session with Sean and the top NXT performers. And then the next day, Sean left for the UK. Yeah. But, but during that first meeting, I guess there's a designated time because everybody else was there. Yeah. We start watching the thing. Riddle comes in a little bit late. <laughs> and he's so funny. I don't remember really ever meeting him before. Maybe I have, but he looked at me and went, hey, bro. And, and I'm sitting at the head of the table next to Sean. He leaned down and hugged me mm-hmm. and then went and got his chair. But it was just like <laughs> so priceless. He walked in like, hey, bro. <laughs> he's late. He's got his snacks with him and stuff. <laughs> I just, I watched him perform, though. I watched him wrestle. He had a match when about 15, he never even hit the ropes. Yeah, right? It was just, and it was exciting, just grappling. And that's what I tried to point out to some of the young guys. You know, after Sean left and I had some skull sessions, just, just you know, myself. And I tried to tell these guys, like, most of the guys running our company, most of the decision makers are guys about my age. Yeah. I said, so you get, I said, you get a point for doing anything different. Mm-hmm. I said, we're going to, there's going to be a column like never seen that before. And you'll get a check mark. I said, that's good. You know, like the, I don't know. It's uh, it's just so exciting that the night that, that Jordan debuted in Lakeland, I was so excited that I couldn't sleep when I got back. to the hotel. <laughs> Hey, Hey, can you, can you explain to everyone uh, that's watching and listening to what the skull session is? Well, it's just where they um, – actually, they do it at all levels now. They have different tiers of, you know, guys as they develop through the performance it's... center system. And, and and Shawn Michaels, obviously, working with the very top guys, you know, the Adam Coles and yep. stuff like that. So it's where – and at the one session, you know, we review – you know, we watch their most current matches back and everybody gives their feedback. And then the guys, it's kind of like wrestlers court, you know, sometimes you get called out and you're yeah. there to defend yourself. And then we watched some stuff that the guys had done years prior. And it was one of those things where, you know, when you watch your old stuff, somebody go, wow, I need to keep doing that. Or somebody you go, wow, I thought it was really good yeah. back then. And I sucked. So, 
you know, we did some old tape study. You know, I tried to remind guys, sometimes go back and watch the old stuff. It'll, it'll pump you up about you are making progress, and it might remind you of some of the old things that you were doing that you need to hang on to. Yeah. Is it hard sometimes for those guys to hear that critique, especially if maybe it's something that they actually enjoy doing in the ring, but maybe they got called out for it or something like that? Well, and, and of course it, it is hard. So my experience was I sat right behind the curtain at the live event in Lakeland. Now, we'd already had skull sessions with these guys during the day and kind of laid out matches for them and stuff. But to me, when they come through that curtain, you know, they're, you know, your blood's flowing, you're feeling good, nobody got hurt, and these guys got to stick around. The whole crew sticks around, breaks down the ring, loads it in the truck before they go home. Now they got to break the ring down. The lights, everything. Orlando. Yeah. So I just didn't want. I didn't want to be negative with these guys. Everybody who came through, I said, "Hey, way to go, way to go," you know. And I figured the time to to do the critiquing is because they do it so regularly is in the skull session. Mm. I don't want to stamp on anybody when they're sweating and they're feeling good and they got a long ride. I don't want them riding around going, "Oh, I suck, I suck, I suck." <laughs> I'm, yeah, I'm trying, trying to fan, trying to fan that flame of creativity. Because I don't think these guys are ready for that critique right, right there. Yeah. Were you able to teach promo class as well? I actually did. I was so lucky. Uh, one day, the final day, I was there Friday um, before Robbie. Uh, what's his name? Raku? Rink Rickin. The, 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 the million-dollar arm dude, right? Yeah, what's his name? Rinkin Singh or something like that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Rinkin Singh, yeah. Wow, so that guy's money. Yeah. Oh, he's so money. So we watched some of his moves and stuff, and, and these, you know, he's super respectful. You know, he comes in. He was there early, and it was just him and I. So I said, "Hey," I said, "What do you got? You want any questions?" I said, "Let's let me see your stuff." We watched some of his stuff, and he suggested, "Hey, can we do promo class?" And and I tried to, you know, I really made a connection with him because. He was kind of running down his, his background, like, you know, I was in the Olympics. I was in a Disney movie about me, this and that. And then he kind of shifted, and he's got a good face and really intense eyes. And, you know, he went into the hard sell. And I said, I said, just my experience, nobody has an attention span these days. I mean, what, what, remember we used to do two minute interviews? Now you yeah. suck 50 seconds, is all people really mm-hmm. pay attention to. I suggested to him, you got to remember now, the announcers are going to run down your background. That's something that they cover. I said, you go in right to the hard sell and get out of there. And, bro, he, I could see the light bulb flickering off his head, and he had a notepad. And he was writing stuff down. He was going, yeah. oh, coach, coach, I got it, I got it. And I said, you're psyched about your next promo class. He's going, oh, yeah, yeah. So then I said, well, be sure to tell these guys who helped you. <laughs> <laughs> well, going back to going back to the the amount of like big apparently, guys. Apparently, it works because I got an email from Matt, Matt Bloom asking me to contact him. He said, "Oh, I got some of the guys that uh, get good feedback," and so I got to contact Matt and keep the ball rolling. I'm sorry. What was the question? Yeah. So the it's it's so interesting to me because for for so long it seemed like there was this huge renewed focus on cruiserweights, and now NXT is it seems like they're kind of filled with all of these really awesome heavyweights, guys like Keith Lee and Damian Priest, guys like that. What do you think goes into like being a successful big man in, in 2019? Well, being big, <laughs> being big, being big to start with, I mean, I agree, and there's got a lot of guys like Ricochet who have come through and been great. But to me, I mean, when you look at buy rates on UFC fights, heavyweights always draw more. I mean, there's always, to me, there's always been a place for heavyweights. I don't and know, I don't man. Conor McGregor, Conor, hey, Scott, I got I to gotta beg to differ on that. <laughs> Conor McGregor blows away any fucking heavyweight sure. box offs and pay-per-view buys. And, and does jobs and does yes. two jobs in a row. Yeah. But generally speaking, I agree with you, Scott, <laughs> especially in wrestling. Mm-hmm. But it, uh, I can't remember what the question was now. Uh, <laughs> Sorry about that. Big, be, being a successful big guy these days, what do you think goes into No, that? I just think, I don't, I don't think, I think that there was a period where there was only kind of little guys coming through the door. Mm-hmm. Yep. So I, I don't think it was a conscious effort where they, where they rejected bigger athletes and only chose smaller cruiserweight guys. I don't think that no. happened. I think that's just kind of who who came along. 
Yeah, well, there aren't a lot of. I mean, there's just there weren't a lot to choose from, right? Right. I mean, that's really what. That's just all that that's been out there in recent years. Well, and it's and it's like Scott was saying the the line between like what cruiserweights do and what heavyweights do these yeah. days is getting more and more blurred. Yeah. Hey, Scott. Yes. Hey, so um, so I guess people know now like that uh, that our segment was supposed to be involving Ricochet, right? And like he got mm-hmm. you know some staff on his elbow oh, or whatever. Do they know? Because yeah. I you know, I'm not I'm not much on the social media, but I saw yeah. us getting a bunch of heat. Oh my god, they're holding the you know, or what Seth doesn't belong in there. And we're going, Yeah, we know that bro, but guess what? Card <laughs> subject to change. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and it would and oh, man, your- Ricochet was he was man, he was so disappointed. He wanted to do that so bad. Right. And well he- it was the perfect spot for him because yeah. he you know, we could have given the rub to him. Yeah. You know, I mean, Seth is at a point where he's had a successful career on his own. But, I mean, mm. asterisks, card subject to change. Yeah, you bunch of haters. It was going to be Ricochet, and we were trying to elevate him, not hold him down. Yeah. You know, we weren't trying to steal Seth Thunder. It's what happened. The guy who's injured, stuff happened. Yeah. Yeah, bummer. I, I actually had two uh, remaining questions for you about the PC in terms to the PC. Well, one, I wanted to know what the most impressive thing to you was there, and two, if you're looking to become a full-time trainer at the PC. Um, the answer number two is yes, please. Um, the most impressive thing down there, I think what I like and what I try to encourage and you know, is uh, that all the other guys helping the other guys. Like with Big Jordan, uh, ring wear came up, like ring costuming in the skull session because he just came out with like jeans and a shirt on. And this guy's 7'4", 440. And I kind of said, hey, I just, <laughs> I just asked the other guy. I asked the other guys in the class, like, anybody got any comments on ring gear? Anybody, anybody? And nobody said anything. And I gauged it right away. They're just being really respectful because he's a young guy and we're all really sensitive, you know? And so then one guy said, well, yeah, maybe next time just take your shirt off, you know? And so, I mean, it was just, to me, it's just like little things like that. Just getting in guys ears is the part I love the most is just planting the seed and coming back and seeing how it works. And hey, I, I, I enjoy, like I said, I don't want the advanced guys. I want the guys coming in the door. Well, that's always been how you are, right? I mean, you take no. the, Young guys coming in the door and help help mold them. I, I learned that from Kurt. Yeah, you know, I'll never forget. I'll never forget. I see Kurt spending time with these young guys, and back when they had enhancement guys like job guys that you just squash. Kurt would spend time with them, talk to them after the match and stuff like that, and give them money. I remember. Yeah, he would. He would pay them extra and yep. stuff. I did I that. One, I learned I that one, from him. I remember one time he said to me. I was like, wow, Kurt, like, that's really cool that you, you know, share with these guys. He goes, he goes yep, you got to be nice to everybody. Never know who they might turn out to be. Yep. <laughs> hey, so speaking of Kurt and, ta- and, 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 you know, that type of thing, you know, one of the things he taught me was, you know, you got to get to know, like, all everybody, the production people, like, all those people in that, you know, department, because they're the ones that make you look like a star, mm-hmm. you know. Man, Kurt that's just. exactly right. Kurt. Kurt taught me the same thing. I was there a little bit before you, but you baby faced the whole crew. He knew the lighting guys by name, the ring crew guys. And that's why I thought it was so cool last night when Steve Austin was doing his promo and talking about how his brothers and sisters and, you know, we're all a family. And then, and he included the crew. He said, this yeah. guy right here holding the camera and this guy rolling up them cables and them guys driving the trucks. We're all family. Yep. WWE universe, everybody watching around the world, you got, we're all family. Hell, I, I was looking at my forum. I was getting the goosebumps. Getting the goosebumps. Getting them now. I mean, that was good stuff. Hey, can we talk uh, about how huge his reaction was when he came out compared to everyone else? Oh, my God. <laughs> well, it was really smart. And, uh, I mean, Steve's over huge. Yeah. But at the same time, he, you know... They advertised him there, but you didn't see him until the very end. So people know he's going to be the last thing. Because, you know, we saw Flair arrive. We saw Hulk earlier, which teases the people. And your viewing yeah. audience keeps them entertained. But that huge eruption, you know, 
it was just great. Yeah, and he, and so yeah. it worked, yeah. right? Hey, so it worked. There were, I mean, the rate. What were the ratings, Denise? It was three point zero nine, if I'm correct. Uh, t- it was the highest rated RAW for 2019. Yeah. So, thank you very much. Well, <laughs> yeah. and if, yeah, and I wish we could. I, the only problem I had is we didn't hold down enough guys. Yeah, I mean, exactly. we buried the club. I, I want. I wanted to get. I wanted to bury Kofi a little bit. Or yeah. He wasn't even there. I guess I have to. We should we should have went to Miami and SmackDown to bury some of those guys. <laughs> no shit, man. Now that you mention it, like, Scott. sorry. <laughs> you know, and for me as a talent, having been on both ends of this, I've been one of those young guys on the current roster yeah. who was filling those arenas and had the old guys come in and get the pops and stuff. I always enjoyed it. I love seeing the old timers at catering and stuff. Yeah, guys that you grew up watching. I always loved that. Yep. So I think most of the talent really doesn't have a problem. There's a few guys who aren't happy with their position that just bitch about anything. But I think overall, most of the guys are happy, and it's and, and we're in and out. And hey, you're going into a pay per view, and you had more viewers. So shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Well, anything else you guys? Yeah, I actually wanted to ask, you know, so whenever they have these types of shows, like whether it's Raw 25 or Raw Reunion, that sort of thing, one of the things that's always brought up is your match with Sean. And, you know, even now, 26 years later, which we did talk about that on a few weeks ago on the show. But I want to know with you, your thoughts in terms of, did you think that even now, 26 years later, people would still be talking and raving and just, you know, mentioning it? Well, for me, looking back on it and then realizing how much, you know, kid would become part of my life, I just wish I re- would have refused to do the whole thing and I'd never seen that little crap. <laughs> <laughs> I, think- I, I, I should have just said no and he wouldn't, I wouldn't be talking to him now. It was the first angle on Raw. It was so cool and it was huge for me. I like people are going, wow, it was really cool. Of you, you know, you put kid over, you know, nobody, nobody ever put little guys over before and shit like that. I'm going, first of all, he's stiff as hell. Yeah. So, but I said, like, it was great for me too. Remember, you know, remember, it, Char- remember Godfather, so, remember Godfather asking you if you failed a piss test. <laughs> I remember, you know, the Manhattan center, you got to walk up the steps and I know about it way in advance, but, you know, Vince said, don't tell anybody. So I didn't tell anybody. And he went, man, did you kill the piss test? I, said, oh, I don't know what's going on, man. <laughs> <laughs> it was great. Oh. I mean, I still remember it, bro. I mean, I remember the sh- the look in people's faces yeah. in the audience because just, that just was so unheard of. And that's why it worked. Hey, so you, we were talking about this, uh, you know, WWE's Twitter account put out arguably the first Shocking moment. What do you mean, arguably? <laughs> Fucking arguably, my ass. No. I, yeah, I remember. Uh, yeah. Yeah, no, you, you, you were right away. I, well, who's arguing? Who's <laughs> arguing? That was the first thing that really made it feel like anything could, could yeah. happen on Raw, yeah. Yeah. So, hey, is well, that everything? Used to be Vince, it used to be Vince's catchphrase. Monday Night Raw, where anything can happen, yeah. it usually does. And it was really raw, right? Like, it wasn't like this super slick thing like it is, like it is now. Right. Well, it, I think the main thing, and we, you know, we can beat this to death. It's not going to change. But right. it was a one-hour show, so basically oh, about yeah, yeah, 42 yeah. minutes mm-hmm. of actual wrestling programming. So it was must-see TV. You never knew what was, was going to happen. And, you know, live TV, we all take it for granted now, but that was really exciting back then. Like, Mm -hmm. people at home were going, wow, it's actually happening right now. You know, that's a cool vibe. Now we just take it for granted. Hey, so, Scott, um, I guess, I mean, we're going to probably wrap this thing up, but Mm -hmm. uh, looking forward to seeing you uh, day after tomorrow for, uh, for Hunter's 50th birthday party. Okay, now you're go- are you going up Saturday, right? I'm when- going Friday. Going up Friday? Yeah, well, I'm I'm leaving tomorrow night. When- it's the 26th, 27th, right? I mean, yeah, the but we show up Sunday, on Friday. Right? No, it's on Friday. It's it's Friday and Saturday. Oh, fuck! I think I bought my ticket for the wrong day. Oh Jesus Christ, they- Scott! Oh, rah, rah, rah. <laughs> <laughs> so, what day do you get into? You're going into Boston. You arrive Friday. Friday, yeah. All right, shit. Let me look at my ticket. I'm yeah. not sure. Yeah, 
All right, Bundy. I'll see you up there. I love you. Hey, I love you too, Scott. All right, man. Everybody, Scott Hall. thanks for everybody else. Hey, I heard, too, that your show is turning out people who end up on Vince's TV. Yeah. Didn't you have some staff jump to Vince's? Yeah, you you probably saw them down at the Performance Center. Mark Donica, John McQuasto. You saw them. I guarantee you they're there every day. So... Right. So you're stuck. You're stuck. You're stuck with the B team now. No, nah, they'll be out of here soon too. They'll get picked <laughs> up soon. <laughs> you guys must really, you must really get there. <laughs> hey, Bye, guys. I love, love you. you. Bye. Bye. All right. So yeah, that was awesome. Cool. That was fun. Yeah. You know. Uh, you know. Um, yes, he's doing so good. It seems like you it know? definitely. That's always good to see. And it's all about you know like. Having meaning, like having a meaningful like life, yeah. you know, and like having something to look forward to every day, and and uh, not being fucking bored, right? You know, and liking yourself, yeah, right. You know, so um, yeah. That you know, we, DDP yoga doesn't hurt. Hey, so and we we joke and we, you know we talk about you know holding down younger guys and, sure, the talent sure, sure. and all that, but we understand what was going on there. Yeah. You know, and and, and that's it's, not ideal. And uh, it's interesting to me that that concern was was voiced. That was the first thing sure. I said. Yeah, I said, "Oh, we're burying these fucking guys." Right. The fuck? Because I guarantee you, um, if that would have been us, we would have raised holy fucking hell about it. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. We probably would have beat the fuck out of some old timers. <laughs> Seriously, we'd probably have said, "No, we're going to leave them laying. Fuck right. them." <laughs> Fucking potatoes. punking us. <laughs> anyway. But I think the fact I wouldn't that- have minded. Look, doesn't mean to cut and you off, fine. Denise, but um I would I would have been just fine if they would have got to me mm-hmm. fucking carry me out of stre- out on a stretcher. <laughs> Seriously, it would well, have been When you came out, you looked them. very, very pumped. When Did you I? when you came out of the ring, you mm. looked the most pumped. You were like, Yeah, and you were doing this, and I was like, Yep, Sean looks very pumped right now. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, hey, let's get out of here. Huh? Yeah. Right. Oh, uh, before we go, uh, real quick, Sean, you're you're going to be at the Grave Digger Summer Slamathon with Scott Hall on August second in Galesville, Wisconsin, uh, for at the Champions Riverside Resort with River City Championship yeah. Wrestling. You guys can actually purchase tickets for this event at SquareUp.com. Again, that is August second on Galesville, Wisconsin. And then, guys, please do not forget to check us out on Twitter and Instagram. Xpop one two three sixty show. Also. Awesome. The uh, the Jericho Cruise. Do we have the graphic for that? Yes, I will be uh, as of now. I'll be on the Jericho Cruise, and I'll be uh, hosting Xbox One Two. There you go. Um, that's one, that's two, three, January twentieth to twenty fourth, yes. Miami to Nassau. Yep. So, all right, love you guys. See you next next week right here from After Buzz TV Studios. Executive producers Maria Menunos, Kevin Undergaro, Sean Waltman, and the entire Xbox 12360 staff, thank you for tuning in to Xbox 12360.